Hey, welcome to A Little Better. My name is Daniel, and I will kind of be your host today. We're talking about all things relationships and how to be a Christian and to bless other people, whether they're in your blood family or not, makes us a little weird to culture. Find out if you should set your kids up well after they graduate. How can you bless your elderly family members? Uh, all on today's episode of A Little Better. Remember, our goal in this podcast is to know Jesus better and by the power of his spirit, do better so together we can be a little better. Hey, welcome to A Little Better. We're excited to dive into this week, week three of Final Words. I actually preached this past weekend, but more important news came out that the brackets are now available to fill out. And so... Public service, got some tips here. Hey, in honor of you, Drew, I picked Baylor to go all the way. Really? Right. Go did. Baylor. Indeed. You know... Technically, that would be in honor of my son. Oh, oh yeah. Well, you know, you know well, just true. saying. Everybody keeps asking me, like, hey, is that... You're, like, you guys from Texas? I'm like, nope. No, no, my wife, no, no affinity my for Waco, just Texas. Like you know, like Chip and Joe. <laughs> and I said, yes, man. What's Texas have to do with that? Producer Ian and I were talking. I was like, if we would have been on our game and knew, known the name earlier, like the week he was born, we would have all had Baylor hats and like we'll been wear, wearing them. Oh, Go yeah. Baylor Bears. And so yeah. it'd be pretty cool if Baylor won the whole tourney. It would. And then it I would be like, babe, you have the gift of prophecy. Yeah. I really haven't looked at the way. I mean, I know they're number one seed, but there's four number one seeds. I doubt they're the favorite, are they? I have no idea. I how, can pick they, them. how can we be their four number ones, Brad? There's always I'm four just number kidding. ones. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> we need sure. to add some graphics here yeah. to explain brackets. This is, yes. this, this is not bracketology, though, you know? I would suggest most people uh, listen to this, and so even if we had right. images, yeah. we'd have to like <laughs> explain them. Yeah. yeah, It'd be even more difficult. So, Guys, it's good to be back. It is. Yeah. It's first time back. Yeah. Yeah. It's how's been the, three, how's the sleep? Three, four weeks. Yeah, it's, it's getting getting there. Yeah, it's up and down. Yeah. <laughs> it's hot and cold, mostly cold, but your body adjusts. Yeah, right? well worth it though. Yeah, I got a good nap last night. Right. So <laughs> it's basically yeah, full forty minutes, like yeah. elf. So. Hmm. All right, well, let's jump in. I'll start my own question. Uh, Sixty no, seconds. No, I'll ask it. You All got right, oh, sixty go. seconds. Yes. Okay, I'll start my clock <laughs> so now. Start their watch. All right, so I wanted people to know the third statement of Jesus reorganizing uh, both John and Mary's relationship, uh, and the action step is how that reprioritizing of Mary and John's relationship is how we should re- reprioritize our relationships in the sense of our relationship with Jesus comes first, and then everything flows from that. We should look to serve others above ourselves. I did that in 20 seconds. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's going to be a short podcast. It is. There you go. We say that every time, but it's not. <laughs> All right, I'll ask that first question. I thought about this while you are preaching, and it, to me, it's interesting. Like, Jesus is, you know, we'll, and as we progress through this series, we'll, we'll see this more. Um, but the third feels, in my mind, like the most random yeah. in the sense of I feel like this one should have been first. Mm-hmm. It, right, because you know, Father, forgive them. Really, really powerful. Really important. Mm-hmm. But in the scheme of all the things that Jesus says, mm-hmm. this seems. I, I know this sounds. This is going to sound bad, but mm-hmm. the least important. Yeah. You know, take care of my mother. Right. I know that sounds horrible mm-hmm. because you should take care of your mother. But like when you're talking about the forgiving the world, it doesn't right? feel cosmic. It, yes, right? it doesn't yeah. feel like yeah. this has a 
you know, a couple people impact versus the world, all of humanity. Right. And it feels out of place, right? You have these really powerful first two sayings, like, Father, forgive them. Mm-hmm. And, yo, you're going to be in, you're going to be in paradise with me. Oh, hey, you take care of my mom. So, I mean, there's only out of the seven, there's two statements that feel like, I mean, oh, okay. So, because the other, the other five, I mean, if you're at any of our physical locations, you see like the cool graphics in the lobby. You know, you can see all seven statements. We're not trying to hide anything. There, right. there they are. You can look them up in the Gospels. You know, like I think, you know, there's what's left. My God, my God, why have you forsaken Next me? Next week. Yeah. And then, uh, and then uh, it, it is finished. finished. Into your hands I commit my spirit, and then there's like I, I thirst. thirst. Yeah, yeah. It, you know you got I thirst, and behold your son, and behold there's your mother. Two. Yeah. Like those two statements are like, were they worth writing down? Right? It's, it's like, like, well, we heard them, well, but these okay. aren't. There's something worth. Is it's like, oh, he's if thirsty. Drew was writing it down, he's he wouldn't thirsty. have included those, right? Right, but if you think about it, this guy, you know, you believe he's the savior of the world, uh-huh. and you're you're listening, right. and I'm sure everything he said, you're like. Got to get yeah, that. Yeah. Got to get that. Yeah. But yeah. there, are, those are the two I was thinking about. Yeah, right. Really, is yeah. you know, behold your mother. You know, take care of my mother. And man, I could use a drink. I'm uh-huh. thirsty. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It thoughts fe- on that? Yeah, it just feels it feels strange. But you know, some of the thoughts that, and even like sitting down to write, um, and every commentary, you know, you go to basically all the you know all the smart people. You know, if Dave Baxter says smart people say, it's basically saying like, well, he's fulfilling Deuteronomy 5.16 of honoring his father and mother. That's what it means. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's what that's what the work was in that. It's like, okay, that's that's great, but I'm supposed to write a 30-minute talk about this. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and so I, I think it's significant because of the implications that it has and the dynamics that it shakes up for John and for Mary, which we don't know the dynamics, how much it shook it up, but we can at least make educated assumptions with the dynamic in Jesus's earthly brothers, like just thinking about it for ourselves. You know, I think I made statements Sunday around, you know, if you don't, if you have unbelieving family members, you get some of these dynamics, like you get some of Mm -hmm. the dynamics that are at play. But I think also it, it teaches us about some of the things that I left off the table or I had to cut, you know, in the process of kind of shelling it off is how from beginning to end, God is always about family, you know, um, Mm. no matter if you have earthly family or not, like there were, there were passages that I, that was going to go to like in Psalms, I think it's like 68, five and six, where it says, you know, for he is the father to the orphan and the widow. He sets the lowly into family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I mean, you think of Genesis one and two, where how does God start his mission? He's like family, like mm-hmm. Adam and Eve go be fruitful, multiply, like fill the earth, you know, subdue it, rule it, reign it as my, you know, heirs. And he, he does it in the context of family, you know, in the sense of that. And I think from beginning to end, we see how important the family of God is not just blood relationships or, and not saying that to say that everyone should be married and have kids, but to say that the family of God, more thicker than blood relationship, is important to to God and through the whole story. And we see that on the cross. It, it, it feels like we have to do a lot of other cross-referencing to get there, but I think that's clearly the implications that are happening between Jesus addressing, you know, those people. And I think another really cool, just a a sub note that I lightly pointed out is just, 
I, I think I'll have to go back and fact check this, but I think this is the only time that we see positive characters engaging with Jesus on the cross. Everyone else is like super mm-hmm. negative, um, you know, between I think of these these next upcoming statements, I don't think we'll see much right. outside of just Jesus saying words. Right, right. Um, but not until after death that yeah, Joseph steps in. Yeah, and then, then, yeah. so yeah. some of these other things. But I, at least up to this point, in statements one and two, and then in I Thirst, you have negative players, you know, the soldiers mocking him, the yep. religious leaders mocking right. him, the cloud, sure. the crowd, as Nate Miller taught us, spewing venom at him, like all yeah. these very negative things that you're like, man, yeah. if it wasn't enough for Jesus to be physically tortured, he's being like emotionally and socially mm-hmm. tortured as well. Right, right. Horizontally, vertically, yeah, all relationships possible. being severed, yeah. I think also I, what I love about it is just the, the humanity it brings. I mean, we do think, hey, here's the Savior of the world. He's fully God. Does he really feel this pain? You know, I mean, he's God. But I think you get that flavoring of his genuine, full-on humanity when, you know, the pain, you know, of seeing mm-hmm. his, you know, you know, of caring for his mother and, and others, the pain of being abandoned by friends, you know, the physical thirst, but the rest of it is, you know, he he truly is suffering up there, and a lot of that suffering is relational, both horizontally and vertically. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, it would be easy just to focus on the cosmic consequence statements. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I think in just <clears throat> humanity, right, mm-hmm. when we... When we get to our deathbed, you know, mm-hmm. I think one of the things we will think about is, you know, what is that person's life going to look like mm-hmm. without me? Right. Right. And how can I do the best that I can to take care of them mm-hmm. as I depart? Right. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus is, you know, caring for his mother while mm-hmm. taking the brunt of sin. Right. Yeah. Again, we mm-hmm. do that from a, oh, like he's he's doing something so much bigger than we can ever fathom. And yet he doesn't miss the small detail. I think if that's what I love about Jesus is he's so intentional and he doesn't miss anything. Right. And like, to me, this could have easily been a detail that Mm -hmm. was missed. Right. It could have easily been a, you know what, John will, he's is my cousin. He'll probably take care of my mom, but no, in the middle of, all that's going on in this moment, right? I think we often forget he is on the cross. He mm. is paying for the sins of the world. Yeah. He is really fulfilling everything he w- he came to do. And yet in the midst of all that circling around, laying on his shoulders, mm-hmm. he's like, Mom, I'm going to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Mm. That, uh, to me, that's just m- like mind-blowing, that Absolutely. small detail. Right? Yeah. And that encouragement for any of us who think that, you know, God doesn't notice us. Yeah. God doesn't care for us. I mean, he's got bigger things, um, you know, marginalized. You mentioned the widow and the orphan. There's always that passion for those who get overlooked or then. Yeah, it also reminds me about the, this thing. Like, you know, often we think not not only we don't matter to God, but God's too busy for us, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Think about, oh, God has so much going on. Like, okay, God should be focused on the war in Ukraine right now, not my struggle with yeah. sin. Mm-hmm. But he has the ability to totally be focused on that mm-hmm. and to deal with what you feel like is your meaningless struggle or right. your pain mm-hmm. that no one else sees, but God does. Mm-hmm. And I think it gives us a glimpse of the, I don't even know the theological word for the detailed and the, I guess, mm-hmm. all-knowing mm-hmm. would be, you know, uh, uh, mm-hmm. like God is just so much bigger than mm-hmm. we can even understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it reminds me, I was 
watching a sermon from one of my friends who is an, a seminary professor, and he was teaching in chapel, uh, and he was preaching the psalm. Uh, there's a there's a, a psalm that says, "For he never slumbers, um, he never sleeps." And he was just making he made some jeering jokes in the in the sense of, and he came up with a word, you know, to never sleep. But um, but you know, he's like, we talk about God being all powerful, all knowing, all you know, all these things. He's like, I think we should be like add this in like he never sleeps like he he not only cares for you in every way but he never stops mm. like you know like mm-hmm. for in the sense of that he he never takes a nap he's always on guard for you for your soul for your well-being like he's always he's he's always up like he's never taking a nap he's never mm. resting on the job mm-hmm. in in all the things that he's doing which i think is just another the world is not on autopilot. Yeah, right? absolutely. It is continually involved. I also think that this might be Jesus's recognition and honor to his mom who is still there. Mm-hmm. You know, like think about Mary's story from the beginning. Oh you my. talked about it, yeah. right? The calling that she has already walked through with like, hey, I'm pregnant with God. Like mm-hmm. that journey alone, the mm-hmm. mocking, the sneering, the oh, like yeah. name calling. Right. And, you know, through it all, now you're raising Jesus, this perfect kid who makes you feel completely imperfect as a mom. Mm -hmm. But the whole journey, where is Mary? Right there, right? At his dying moment, watching her son suffer. Yeah. Yeah. She's there. If you you really want to get, like, an insight into Mary's story, I think... A thing, a thing that does it really well is the chosen. I don't know if you guys mm. have seen like season two yeah. Oh, yeah. of the chosen as as they've been yes. releasing it. Uh, they they do such a good job of just showing Mary as not a primary like the obviously the main character is Jesus, mm-hmm. but like as she's just always there. Like mm-hmm. she's mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's this one episode where it's like highlighting his humanity of like healing and the all the disciples are sitting around a campfire just arguing like why are we doing this we need to go tell more people like we can't be like hanging out here like doing all this stuff and then like mary's just like helping jesus back to a tent because he's just so physically exhausted from healing people all day and she's like washing his feet and just like like helping him like go to sleep and like all the disciples are chilling like what are we doing like they're just arguing and it's just it just shows like mary just she's just there and she's just like okay you know, faithfully present um, in all those moments. And so yeah. they creatively fill in a lot of gaps, but they do it really well. They do. Well. Oh, yeah, they, they, do. They, they do it really very, well. Yeah. Very good writing in that. And you wonder, like, how did Mary translate this message? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Was there a, a depth of meaning to Mary that we can't see? Yeah. You know, did that? Did Jesus and his mom talk about this before he got to the cross? And was this just like the, the affirmation, the con- confirming of like, mm-hmm. mom, it's okay. Yeah. This is the plan, right? I wonder if she was just even that much better than the disciples. I mean, the disciples fled, right? They're clearly not getting it. They're afraid for their lives, Wayne, and, and Mary's hanging in there. But, but you know, there's so many things that Jesus says explicitly that disciples clearly misunderstand or get wrong. Mm-hmm. I, wonder, I wonder if Mary was just ahead of the curve on all of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, but, I, uh, yeah, I, another random thought on that, too, is just, like, that woman lived a life of shame, right? Because 90% of the people around her just knew she was a sinner, right? Mm-hmm. That yeah. she had, you know, committed, you know, you know fornication. That yeah. she was... That, that was yeah. what everyone believed. And then there on the cross, there's proof. There's God's judgment. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's savior true. of the yeah. world, whatever, yeah. And all of that shame just piled on, and very alone in that, yeah. right? And yet she's still holding on to the promise. Mm. 
Yeah, that's good. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah um, it is. It's really, you know, it's just, the, I think the ramifications of this moment of everything that's happening and all the side scenes of all that is just like so rich and could be mined for a long time. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to talk about, Drew, is you, you brought this up um, as talking oh about of caring, caring for people like that, you know, I- even in our family. Um, and, you know, one thing that I, I brought up is, uh, you know, a study of how individualistic mindset our, our culture is, you know, that our first punch is, you know, let's have someone else, you know, do that, whether mm-hmm. that may be caring for an elderly family member or whatever the case may be, which that may be the right choice for different families. Um, but how, how do you think for us, what should be our focus? And we could all talk about this when looking to a scenario like this, you know, of caring for a parent or caring for an elderly family member. How should we step in? What guidelines should we take uh, to kind of put this in play in our own lives, looking to serve others above ourselves? I think always being willing, right? Uh, you know, having a heart like John's. I think you made this point really well on Sunday of just like John reoriented his life because Jesus called him to this. And the hard part is sometimes, you know, you don't know when you're going to be asked to do this, right? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know, no, right? Yeah. So, like, I this message landed, I think, really strongly for Ashley and I because we we are living a little bit of John's calling yeah. because mm-hmm. I didn't expect my dad to die and I didn't expect my mom would be living with me. And there, there are tough days, right? Yeah. There are very tough days because it's just... I don't want to say it's unnatural, which is not normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and but you know, I have to remind myself, and my wife reminds me, and I remind her that this is what God has asked us, mm-hmm. right? And it could be for a season, and it could be for the rest of our lives. And yeah. you just have I, I for me calling, reminding myself, and and, and everything. I I know what God's called me to, and I want to live in that calling as long as He has me, and so. Um, just having a soft and willing heart to do something that's hard. Um, I think that's one of the greatest things we can have as Christians is a soft heart mm-hmm. because a soft heart is pliable. You know, Jesus mm-hmm. talks about we're the clay, he's the potter. And so mm-hmm. I think the thing that he often, you know, molds is our heart, you know, mm-hmm. and I always want to live in a posture where my heart is soft to the way God steers my life, even if I don't like it, you know, mm-hmm. on the opposite end, you see what a hard heart does, right? Mm-hmm. God hardens Pharaoh's heart. He tries to steer him and it's no, no, no. And so mm-hmm. I want to live in the world where God asks me, it's a yes, because my heart is soft. So I think one of the the biggest things to have is just a soft heart. Yeah. And just to, I know that for me, um, there can be a lot of talking myself out of things or just overthinking yeah. something or whatever, then the moment passes, right? There was an opportunity. Someone was in the ditch on the side of the road. <laughs> and by the time you've done thinking about it, you know, they died or someone else stepped in. Yeah. Um, but just these moments come up and just having that sensitivity to the spirit. I'm talking to myself here just to have mm-hmm. that, you know, openness that, you know, hey, here's your opportunity, you know, you know, go with it. Right now in our house, we have an empty second floor because we're empty nesters. Our four grown kids are gone and Karen and I are on the third floor of our house. And it's just like, what does God want to use that second floor for? Mm. You know, just being, being mm. open and ready. Um, we did have someone stay there like during the pandemic, you know, friends from our community group and That's cool. stuff. But, uh, but yeah, just, just, yeah, it's easy for me to like 
not you know be a little oblivious to it or talk myself out of it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I and I think it's a lot of a lot of things. It's our culture that plays that because we are so individualistic. Other cultures, you know, thinking about elderly family members or even the age that kids move out. It's mm-hmm. much older, you know, where in our in our culture, it's just, you know, there's expectations that are set that are very different. It seems like if you look at most of time and most of the world, there's it's, it's the majority of time, mm-hmm. majority of places have multi-generational homes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. For, and and they, people aren't scattered as far, right? We yeah, live right. in an age where people are so scattered. I mean, God, you know, thank God that it worked out for you, but you know, your family, your brothers, I mean, people are scattered. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It makes these things yeah. harder. Yeah, it does. There, there was a very interesting, you know, I always recommend a book, and we were talking about how much people, you know, don't love to read, but <laughs> there's a really interesting uh, book that Jefferson Bethke put out, I think a year and a half ago. It's called Take Back Your Family, and he does a whole section on single family unit homes in America mm-hmm. and like when they actually started, how they actually came about. And it was really fascinating chapter of just how the, he asked, he asked the question of why, why are parents seen as successful when their 18 year old can move out and self-support <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. but if they have to live until they're 25, you know, and pay off student loans or whatever the case may be, they're like almost seen in their friend circles as like, well, you're, you know, you still live at home. You know, oh, wow, you're 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 lame as the kid. We may have applied some pressure to our you know? children. And then the second and the second thing is is like the parents in their friend circles are almost seen as like inadequate because you know their kid was almost like failure to take flight. You know, yeah. like a baby mm-hmm. bird who's just still hanging out in the nest. Like, yeah. why is that our mindset when? For most, as you said, right. and he points out, most yeah. of time it's like that's not that was not seen as the. Right. You know, uh, he talks even about even in like, America. Like you look at the Amish culture, that's right? It. He points out the Amish. Yeah. So they, you know, when they had a child or someone got married, they didn't add up. They they basically had a single family home that you added an addition to. Added that's room, exactly right? what And yeah. it he was like that, yeah. your move. And even other cultures, like yep. Spanish culture and like Puerto Rican culture and Mexican culture, like a lot of the families they live together. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So he talk he talks about the different mindset and he uses the Amish as an example and he and he talks about they either build on or they'll do kind of a thing of like okay we own this thirty acres we're gonna give you half an acre on the backside build you a house pay for it for you and your you know spouse to move into and it's mm-hmm. like they set them up yep. you know and but in our culture when we're talking about taking care of family members and these different things it's like. That's somewhat no. You got to do it if you're really gonna thrive. You got to do it on your own. You know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. do your thing. And I just think it's really just interesting that it is the water that we're swimming in. Like yes. living in America, it's almost those are like the social expectations for yeah. rising young adults and for parents who are in their late forties, fifties, sixties. Of no, you what you do to help your kid is you cut them off. Like yeah. it's like well. And that's something that missions can help with, right? We go not because we're blessing some other part of the world with yeah. the gospel, but we're also seeing when the gospel takes root in that culture, how different it looks than ours, yeah. right? You know, you yeah. can see like African cultures that treat say, we totally get the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. We totally get community. We are yeah. all connected. What are you Americans doing? You know, so yeah. just to be able to yeah. see that. That's an interesting dynamic that that single family home and mm-hmm. just how yeah. it came about and I'll, ru- I'll ruin it and I'll tell you functions. how it came about. <laughs> Thank you, Sears and Roebuck catalog. Oh my! Hey, trace it back to like yeah. Sears and they they basically had this uh, 
home in a box is what they yeah. called it. Sold and you the could, plans, yeah. And you could order it, and he yeah. and he sold the they sold the plans. They basically shipped you a shipping container right. with every board pre-cut screw, and it was basically it's like I, I can't even imagine doing this like crazy sear like. You know, IKEA put this put a whole house together. That sounds awesome. And our house was built in 1925, and we found the plans for it. Yeah. They're like store bought plans. Yeah. And there's the movie Contact years ago with Jodie Foster was a Carl Sagan thing. But but anyway, that house that she grows up in, it's our house. You know, it's exactly the same yeah. plan. Has exactly yeah. the same. And he, and he shows you. He like he like does some. There's some like uh, architecture. You know, people who do research from in America that like. They track down how many of those Sears and Roebuck houses are still like yeah. up today, <laughs> yeah. and and like so all that research is in the book. But he basically says like this is when in America in the early like nineteen twenties ish when they started selling floor plans for single family unit homes, yes. and then it just like caught. took off, yeah. and yeah. and then that's when people stop thinking, oh, we should live on the same mm-hmm. block as our family, or we should live in the same house as our family, mm-hmm. or we could live. Yo, I, I feel family. pretty excited now because, Joel, I'm just going to give you a piece of our land and let's go. You, <laughs> let's never, you never have to lease <laughs> it. Never leave. Make Ashley happy. That's yeah. right. You never have to say goodbye. It was, it's, it's, right. it's really interesting to say the least. Yeah, for real. Yeah, nice. Wow. So what else did you leave on the table? Were there? That's always an interesting question for me because sermon. There's you do so much research, so much reading, and there's so many ways you can go. Yeah. Yeah, I've talked about uh, briefly is I think one of the big things that I left on the table was, you know, in Genesis 1 and 2, how it traces the the thread of family is seen all the way throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big piece of a lot of research in Genesis. Mm-hmm. Genesis 1 and 2, how fam- the family was God's original sure. plan, mm-hmm. you know, for pre-fall, and it, and it remains mm-hmm. throughout, um, throughout that. And then what does it mean to be a part of the family of God? Um, you know, I talked about that psalm of you know he sets the lowly into families because I think somebody a, a, a people that we we constantly are thinking about is those who are um, single still you know and not saying that they are a lesser you know less than but you know they're they are a part of the family of God and what does that look like to serve the body of Christ um, as a single person um, and and bless someone else and and using your time talents and energy. Um, in that in that same way, mm-hmm. and I think bigger picture things is things that we've talked about is um, and things that Reen and I, uh, my wife, are wrestling through is like okay, what does it look like to be a blessing to our kids and actually like mm. take some of these principles that we see in scripture that are that may seem weird to the waters we're swimming in to our right. culture yeah, that maybe when they turn eighteen, you know, and you know we're thinking. We're already thinking about like, okay, when Wells, you know, turns 18, which will be in 16 more years, right? But like, okay, what does that look like? But what sure. does that look like for him and for the rest of our kids to uh-huh. to set them up to succeed um, in ways that our parents did, but ways that we've been like, man, this would have, how can we still help them without just like, you know, spoon feeding, you know? Like, yeah, I think that's out. some of the tension like... Um, and I think a lot of that was still there, and that's churning in my mind, but maybe it's not super applic- applicable to everybody's story. So it just kind of was easy to mm-hmm. push off the plate, if you want to say it like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Weird. That sounds like a... Have we done that as a sermon series? Weird. <laughs> I mean, I don't think we've called a sermon series weird, but I think we've talked about weird things. Yeah, <laughs> for yeah, sure. For sure. But, but it's yeah, all I mean, that countercultural. It is a, yeah, yeah, it really is. Well, sweet, guys. Daniel, great job. Thanks for 
jumping in. Nate Miller, awesome job. Three awesome weeks in the series. Next week, we're talking about my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I get to per- pronounce that. Someone told me, just say it confidently, and everybody will believe you know what you're talking about. That's right. So, look at that one person that, or they'll think you're speaking you in know. tongues. Right. I, <laughs> I did. Uh, I did Google the translation yesterday. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah. The pronunciation, you mean? Uh, what did I say? The translation? translation? Oh, the translation is my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's there for me. <laughs> yeah, it's already yeah, there. Yeah, the pronunciation. <laughs> um, I've heard people say it so many different ways. Yeah. The first, you know, three words are easy, and then you get to the, the big S word, and you're just like, slash, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. It reminds me of growing up, we used to, like, in Baptist church, every Easter, it was the Easter cantata. And there was always a song that was about the seven things on the cross. And there was that one guy that, you know, always had to say that statement. Because, you know, you couldn't just say that statement in English. You always had to say it in the Aramaic. And so it's like, why can't we just say, you know, my God, my God. Why? But no, we have to say, you know. No. That's funny. You know, so, yeah. Anyway, I was supposed to wrap this up. So thanks for <laughs> joining us. Uh, hey, I'll ask your questions. We'd love to answer any questions that you have in this podcast. We love doing it. And so hopefully it's a helpful resource to you. And we'll see you back next week for week four of Final Words.